the property pod. Pod. pod welcome to the property pod with moneyweb the property sector is an ever-changing sector and in this podcast series your host suren naidu chats to movers and shakers in the property industry hola and welcome to the property pod south africa's premier property investor podcast We're zoning in on both the South African and Spanish retail property market on the podcast today, hence the hola intro. Hola means hello in Spanish. My name is Suren Naidu and on this weekly podcast show, we gain insider insights from leading executives, analysts, developers and entrepreneurs in South Africa's expansive property industry. My guest on this week's episode is Lawrence Rapp, CEO of Jersey Listed Vukile Property Fund which has a multi-billion rand portfolio of retail assets in both South Africa and Spain. We are not talking results as Vukile is in a close period now and will publish its latest results uh, in June. Nevertheless, Vukile is one of South Africa's better performing real estate investment trusts and continues to be quite active on the acquisitions or expansion front. And that's the topic of our podcast today. Welcome to the Property Pod, Lawrence. Uh, gracias, sir, and thank you very much. I think with a whole introduction, it needs to be uh, met with a gracias. I thank you very much. Well, thanks for the opportunity. Lawrence Vukila has been quite busy over the last few months, despite somewhat rocky markets, load shedding, inflation, spiking interest rates, you name it, affecting SA business and I suppose the rich sector as well. But in March, somewhat of a surprise, some would say, Vukila announced a 500 million rand capital or equity raise which eventually I believe was oversubscribed and it increased to 700 million rand. What was the idea behind the capital raise and what will the funds be used for? Sure. So uh, you're correct. We ended up raising, you know, around 700 million. And really, you know, we, we've had a, a number of projects uh, open to us. And I think important to contextualize, you know, some deals. We at the time had the Pan-Africa deal. Uh, that was pending, you know, that subsequently, uh, you know, we, we had to walk away from that. We've got the BT and Gabe's acquisition, which is still uh, in process. Uh, we have a number of, re- of redevelopments, expansions within our Spanish portfolio, which are very exciting projects, uh, you know, very accretive yields coming from there. We have a very big investment in battery and solar solution on our portfolio. And we also had the the potential to take the uh, you know the stake in, in Merev. So when you look at it all in all, we had a number of capital uh, deployment opportunities, and all accretive to our business financially, strategically, operationally. And um, you know when we were approached by one or two of our large investors looking for stock in the company, we felt it was a very good idea to sort of use that to anchor a book build. And by doing it that way, really what we do is give the majority of our shareholders the opportunity to participate. So, you know, if you look at Bukila, our top 20 shareholders own, you know, around 70 to 75% of the company. So by by going a book build route and giving them that opportunity, you really are giving the majority of the shareholders a chance to participate in the capital raise. And uh, that was really it. So, So in answer to your question, it was a very attractive pipeline of opportunities to deploy capital. And when the opportunity arose, we felt the timing was right, uh, went to the market, and we're very happy to get that, uh, that upsize from 500 to 700 million. 
Well, exactly that, the fact that it was oversubscribed. But thanks for the insight there. It's always good when you have you know, your, your major shareholders coming to you and asking, you know, what's happening. It's always a good sign when, when a company is growing. We'll talk about uh, Pan-Africa and, and what's happened there in a sec. And, and maybe you want to share a little bit of Ngeb City. I must admit, I wasn't aware of that acquisition. But before we go there, as part of a recent update, which included Pan-Africa, uh, what's happening there, you also had an update on Castellana Properties. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, and that's in Spain. Vukila has exercised its so-called call option to acquire more shares there. Give us some insight into this. Uh, clearly, you're still very bullish on the Spanish market. Absolutely. So, um, Castellana, how we pronounce it, Castellana is doing exceptionally well. I think you know market commentators and observers will be aware that we've had something called the the Meriv option, um, which has been sort of you know disclosed and in our financials for probably the better part of five years now. And that sort of really was a, a, a funding arrangement we entered into when we made a very large acquisition in Spain. I think it was about 2017 when that deal was done, 2017, 2018, around there. And really the deal on that is uh, we really could call those shares at any point in time. But if we hadn't called them by June 2024, those shares could be put to us. And uh, we we bought the first quarter of those shares about a, just over a year ago. Um, and we just felt that now was a very good time to exercise the call option and, um, and buy those shares. Um, obviously, again, for those familiar with, uh, with Fukile Castellana, um, you'll know that we have a stake in, in a company called La España, who is uh, our, our biggest competitor in Spain. We own 26% of that. And Laura Spaniard declared a very attractive dividend. And obviously, by buying those shares, we attract that dividend as well. So we thought the timing was right for us to take that stake now. Um, you know, in all events, we would probably have had to take it by June 24. But just given the, the earnings profile of what's coming through in terms of dividends, we felt that this was a good time to, to take that stake. So post the acquisition of those shares, Vukile now owns 99,6% of, uh, of Castellana. Uh, Castellana itself is listed on the junior board in Madrid. And even after us taking that stake, we still meet all the uh, minimum listing requirements, which is important to keep our sashimi or Spanish REIT status. So that's just a bit of background. But, you know, in short, are we, are we positive and upbeat about Castellana? Absolutely. Um, you know, we've exercised that option early. And I think really now effectively owning, you know, call it 100% of the uh, of the company gives us sort of additional, you know, sort of uh, flexibility in having a cleaner structure to look at any other opportunities that may come along. I know your results is coming up, but uh, are you in a position to, to comment on what the value of your, your Spanish investments are now within the context of taking up this call option? You know, probably not just because I guess that would affect our, our net asset value, etc. And I think that that's probably something best left for results, which are now under a month away. Um, but, you know, the last reported results we had um, our Spanish business was around 55% of our asset base. Okay, and that obviously will, will now increase. Is uh, Vukile purely still focused on Spanish uh, offshore-wise, or, or will it consider other markets in Europe or anywhere else outside South Africa? 
So I think we are starting to do more and more homework um, elsewhere in Europe. Um, at the moment, it, it's very much exploratory. Um, I certainly wouldn't want investors to get the feeling that we are about to do a deal anywhere else. That's not the case at all. But we do feel that we've got a very, very strong handle on the Spanish market. We've got a great team in Castellana, you know, which is really self-sufficient in terms of all its own expertise uh, and skill set that they need. So I think you know the, uh, the the timing to say, are we able to look at other markets? It's now appropriate for us to do that, and we, we would probably do that together with Castiana, uh, given that they've already got that European footprint. So we think that it's actually a very, very interesting phase in, um, in, in capital markets at the moment. And I think there is so much negativity towards real estate as an asset class, and I think still that negativity towards retail. And we think you know that that is completely misplaced. Um, we are, are very much... Uh, you know, retail bulls. We we sort of see how that how well the assets have performed in our portfolio in two markets, but we also have seen in many other markets that retail has recovered exceptionally well. So, sort of all those naysayers, you know, who felt that COVID was the death knell of retail, uh, that everything would be moving online. Well, frankly, they've been wrong, and uh, you know, there, there's nothing. Uh, that one can say to sugarcoat that they simply have been wrong in their analysis. And when you look at a retail business and you look at the high quality of the earnings and the diversification of the earnings you get from your various retail partners who invariably are the best covenants in these various markets, um, we think that you've got great cash flows. So we feel that you know at the moment now with rising interest rates, uh, the negativity towards consumerism, retail, etc. most people would be saying, you know, is Lawrence absolutely mad to be thinking about the markets at this stage? And the answer is absolutely not, because buying when everybody is selling is exactly what you want to be doing. Uh, so we are actually investigating some markets at this stage. You know, again, there's nothing there uh, that we are, are actively pursuing, but we are building up our knowledge base of, uh, of various other markets um, you know, to grow and to sort of see whether that knowledge base opens up our opportunity set in due course. Just as a follow-on from that, will it still be pretty much retail or you could consider other sectors? No, Vokile is only looking in the retail sector. We retail specialists, we believe very passionately that um, a REIT has to have a defined strategy. We believe very strongly that specialization is the way to go. And, uh, you know, we are retail specialists. We love it. We know it. We understand it. And we can extract value from the assets. And I think we've proven that, you know, consistently over many, many years. And we are very much sticking to our retail knitting. Coming back to the capital raise, it was done at around a roughly 5% discount in terms of average share price at the time. With most SA RITs trading at a discount already, including Vukile. What are your comments around this? Is it still a good move despite the possible dilutionary effect? Because, you know, there were some commentators saying it's also a case of not many rich doing capital raises at the moment. Yeah. So, Siren, I think that's the million-dollar question. And, and you'll, you'll please bear with me as I go into a little bit more of an elaborate answer on this one. So you, you, you're speaking about two discounts really and they're two different things that the five percent discount is a discount to the 30-day VWAP. okay in other words where the share is trading and that's the norm um if ever you're going to raise capital 
uh, you're always going to you know give up a bit of a discount when you raise capital. Um, in terms of our JSC authorities, we can't raise at more than a 5% discount. But any company across any sector, when they raise money, invariably will do so at a discount to their ruling JSC price. Okay. And that's the norm. So I don't think that's a particular, you know, big question to go through. The broader question, though, that you're raising is around the discount to net asset value. Okay. And that is sort of where it is a very interesting situation because. You know, on the one hand, not only REITs in South Africa, but REITs right throughout Europe are pretty much all trading at discounts to their net asset value. And the cynic will say, well, nobody believes the net asset value anyway, and therefore this is what the market feels is the real value of the underlying asset. Because you do tend to get this dichotomy between, or this divergence rather, between the, the price of a physical asset and then the price of a REIT which is really just simply an accumulation of assets. Okay, and why does that exist? And if REIT markets in Europe and South Africa are going to continually be referenced to discounts to net asset value, then I think you run a very real risk of the sector stagnating and people never raising money. And I think raising capital and doing deals is really intrinsic to the REIT model. Okay, it, it really is part of what, what REITs are about. If you look at the U.S. market, for example, the U.S. market is completely yield-driven. And in fact, U.S. REITs are not required to publish their valuations. And if you're not required to publish a valuation, therefore your net asset value is not really a number that actually comes onto the table. So what you find is that the U.S. and the Canadian REIT market is very much yield-driven, whereas the European market, and for whatever reason, the South African market has pivoted towards being more aligned with the European market is very much net asset value driven, and hence the valuations are often referenced as a premium or discount NAV. Personally, I think that that is completely wrong. Uh, we think that the better way to look at it is around the yield and the yield relative to your cost of funding and the yield relative to your opportunity set. Okay. So when we raise the money, we looked and said, well, what yield are we raising the money at and what can we deploy that money at in our business? And on that basis, we think we can raise the money at the levels we did and deploy it in an accretive way for our shareholders, where the money, in fact, increases their distribution uh, going forward. Now, some of the opportunities will take a year or two to come through, but really what you're doing is looking at your yield on deployment versus your cost of, of equity and your overall cost of capital. And it's getting the balance between those three in order to move it forward. So I apologize for quite a technical answer, but I think it's, it's, it's a really fundamental issue that is at the heart of where our REIT sector goes uh, going forward. No, Lawrence, thank you so much for that. It actually is quite a big uh, discussion point. Whenever there's results, people uh, or media and some analysts are still asking about, you know, uh, NAV. And so, yeah, appreciate that. Just to conclude, we can't talk about performance and results, but before you go, Lawrence, on the Pan-Africa Shopping Center proposed uh, deal that has fallen through, from my understanding, from the SINs, it's, it's pretty much a city of Joburg issue. Give us some detail on this. Is Vukila disappointed in the deal uh, now that it's not happening? Will that money be deployed offshore, or are you still looking at local assets? Yeah. So, look, we are disappointed because, uh, you know, it, it's a good asset and it fit perfectly within our portfolio. 
But at the same time, it's really a hallmark of the disciplined deal-making approach that we have. You know, this deal should have closed in uh, at the end of uh, November uh, last year. And uh, it's really, you know, taken five months or so. Uh, and the city of Johannesburg has not been able to get its ducks in a row to approve the session of the lease um, to us. You know, we worked very extensively with the sellers to look at alternate structures, to see whether they would work. Ultimately, we felt they wouldn't. And that in all instances, in our view, we needed the city of Johannesburg um, approval. And that was, you know, that was just not forthcoming because, frankly, the mayoral committees that need to sit are not able to sit because of all the inefficiencies, all the political changes, etc. So it is very disappointing in, in the sense that we, we like the asset. It's a good asset. But on the other hand, it would, would have been irresponsible for us to keep sitting on the cash waiting to be deployed on the never-never because there's no clear line of sight as to when the city of Johannesburg would or could come through with the required approvals. So at some point, we had to draw a line in the sand and say, look, if it's not died by this date, we have to actually redeploy that money to other opportunities. And as I started off the, the interview saying, we're fortunate to have a multitude of opportunities to deploy the cash. So, uh, you know, you win some, you lose some. We had to walk away from it, but we are very confident that we can redeploy that money in a very accretive manner um, in other opportunities. Excuse me, I said last question, but just on beating Geb City, just some insight on that deal. How big is that deal? Was it with uh, with Billion Group or who? Who I, I know, I know that Sisa and Gobalana developed that mall. Correct. So the um, the counterparty is uh, is Billion. It's not Rubosis, uh, but uh, and that's uh, Sisa's private uh, company. Um, we're buying that in partnership with uh, Flanagan and Gerard. We own a few centers together with them, you know, very strong partners of ours. The deal, what's been announced and what's public, um, it's an 800 million purchase price. So for Wokile, it's 400 million for our 50% stake. Uh, and that's on a, a very accretive uh, yield. Uh, and we, we're very excited by that prospect, you know, so that is also taking some time. There are some time planning issues that we need to go through. And uh, we'd expect that to close probably, uh, we're guessing at this stage, early uh, 2024. But it's it's on track and uh, and moving ahead. And again, you know, fits very, very well with our overall township and rural strategy uh, of owning dominant assets in those areas. So we are looking forward to uh, getting that deal done. Lawrence, thank you so much for your time. That was Lawrence Rapp, CEO of Jersey Listed Vukile Property Fund. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Property Pod with Suren Naidu. To listen to more episodes, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. Follow Suren on Twitter at Suren Naidu for more of his property industry content and other business stories. The Property Pod.